Oh no, there's another squad attacking. Welcome to the third party in Apex Legends podcast hosted by myself, Shay, and joined as always by my co-host, Henry. Henry, how's the day treating you, man? It's treating me really well. Happy to be here as always. It's been a busy one for the both of us, but we are excited to hop into the pod, take a break, and today discuss the top five most impactful changes to Apex Legends in terms of daily life playing the game. Also, before we get started, though, we want you to join our Discord to chat Apex, find teammates, and receive third-party updates. Link is in our bio to do so. We have a lot of very exciting things we're working on behind the scenes, and if you want to help support us do so, please consider joining us on Patreon. Over there, in return, you can receive ad-free listening, exclusive merch, gaming sessions with us, monthly calls, perks on our Discord, and more. We kind of really... A big list of exciting mm-hmm. things coming up on the horizon. So hopefully we we see you over on Patreon. Stay tuned. It's uh, always appreciative the support we get over there. You guys are absolutely killer as a community as a whole, and the patrons really keep things rolling. With that though, let's dive into the news. First piece of news today or yesterday, technically today of recording, the new ranked split has officially started. Let that grind begin. An old favorite, Kings Canyon, is officially our ranked map. If you want our refresher of previous Kings Canyon's kind of ranked breakdowns, rotations, we'll have some links for those episodes in the description of the show. We might offer an updated version soon, but there hasn't been a whole ton that's shifted on Kings Canyon recently, so it'd be a lot of meta discussion. You excited for this split, though? We've kind of talked about the length a little bit behind the scenes somewhat. I, I really enjoy the pace of ranked on Kings Canyon. I think the rotations, playing the positioning is a lot more applicable and fits my play style. Um, have to say, you know, our last episode on the town takeovers, if you're playing ranked this split, mm-hmm. very much so keep an eye on map room and caustic treatment. Not only great places to drop, but definitely key positions to keep in mind when you're rotating, even if that's not your initial location. Yeah, caustic treatment is ridiculous in terms of the loot you get versus just nobody showing up. I'm. It's not as hot of a drop as it should be. It's definitely one to check out, no doubt about it. Next piece of news, though, we got some fun stuff to talk about here. Some Apex Legends mobile updates. So closed beta testing rolled out in Mexico, Colombia, and Peru recently. And with it, we've gotten a lot more information on some of the crazy awesome features that are coming to Apex Mobile. And then we'll talk about maybe if we think any of this stuff is actually going to make it into the regular game. I know you and I are a bit hopeful right now, but I'm going to read through some of the abilities. Feel free to chime in if you would like to. Uh, but first, we have the improved firing range that comes with game modes that have different difficulty settings, aim training, and infinite ammo for all your weapons. So no need to go pick up your stacks anymore. And then in the firing range, you can also play against your friends in 1v1s while setting parameters like weapons, time limits, and score limits. It's a really, really detailed system that is now going to be in Apex Legends Mobile every day. Crazy. This is a really cool one. I think it's one that we've been wanting for a long, long time. It's kind of a Mm -hmm. revamp on the firing range. And this is taking it beyond what I think the majority of people have been asking for and actually like creating game modes with parameters, I think is a massive step forward. 
I mean, people were just like, give me infinite ammo or not have to do a crazy glitch for the bots to have to move. Instead, it's like, you're going to be able to train your aim, play modes, and for all the fun one of you ones on stream, like you can actually set the rules. It's going to be so cool. I think it's awesome. Uh, the next feature though is Apex Mobile also is going to come with a system that allows the user to level up legends with exclusive perks. So for example, you could level up your Wraith with a reduced tactical cooldown, shield regeneration abilities, increasing movement speed with certain weapon classes, or ammo replenishment based off of finishing an enemy. Essentially, adding a perk system into the game. I don't think this is something you or I thought was ever going to be making its way to any version of Apex. (laughs) Yeah, I certainly would not have guessed this, but I think it's really cool to have a progression system that rewards the player. I mean, Mm -hmm. mobile is going to be more casual always and forever for apex and so allowing you know to have progress translate directly into an advantage in game is really really strong and you think about well how could this really be fair well in other games like call of duty you progress you get access to different Mm -hmm. weapons different equipment i kind of think this is similar to that that you're unlocking perks similar to how you unlock perks in call of duty It's going to be really interesting. I think this is the only one of these mobile changes where I'm like, I don't know if I want this in like the main game. Like it would be a, it'd be a pretty big shift up. Like, yeah, it'd be different. Everything else is really cool, but this is something quite interesting to say the least. One kind of line of thinking I liked and saw on social media was people talking about like, it is cool because if you are a main that plays one legend over and over and over again, you're now providing different pathways and more mastery to learning the best version and different versions of the legends, which is kind of a cool aspect to say, like, I'm going to be Horizon, but I'm going to be able to play different versions of Horizon essentially based off of my perks. Totally. And you'll be able to specialize even further, which is really cool. And I definitely think this won't be coming to the main game, but Mm -hmm. as a more casual mobile version, I think this is a really, really cool feature to have. Then we got also team deathmatch mode 6v6 comes with a loadout system. And in one video, the example was it was located on the arena version map of artillery. Really interesting 6v6. Talk to me a little bit. We've been speculating for a long time, but this isn't arena 6v6. This is, Team Deathmatch, but everyone's kind of been playing for a long time coming to Apex in theory. It's really, really cool. And there's a lot of interesting features right now in the beta in terms of what's available in the loadout system. Mm-hmm. You can get the Kraber, which is quite exciting, but it's also similar to Winter Express where different weapons have different attachments as a way to balance them. So yeah. not like the arena system where you have to buy each upgrade to tier up a weapon, but one light gun may have a blue mag, one may have a purple mag, and mm-hmm. that's kind of a way to balance them in your choice. So it's kind of a cool system. I like it a lot. Um, I think there's even more room to grow in terms of a full main Apex version where you could create a class and have a limited mm-hmm. amount of points in order to do so, um, which is something we may see in the future. A creative class would be really cool. I think obviously, yeah, we're not getting that with this mobile system, but it is interesting to see the 
idea of how they will go about balancing weapons. What guns do they think are more powerful and need somewhat of the nerf in theory by getting that lower mag or something. But it is, it's great because it, it is this way of saying, okay, you can use any gun you want, but we're just going to keep the battle flowing. You're not going to spend your mm-hmm. time progressing in this version of Apex. No looting, no uh, like mat system that keeps you rolling like this is you go in you shoot even more so than arenas is right now which is something that is very unique to the game yeah and okay. no resing and respawn and yeah. so a tdm yeah. is just a completely different pace of play mm-hmm. unlike anything we've seen including arenas just Massively with the mechanics different. that we love like mm-hmm. that's it's a very interesting thing i think this is something people would get very excited for Okay, the last feature we saw for Apex Legends Mobile, the one that I know is going to hit close to home to your heart, we got detailed weapon stats are appearing in Apex Legends Mobile. So you'll be able to see recoil patterns and body part damage numbers, among some other data, just by logging in and clicking on your gun. I know you spent so much time in the firing range. We got lots of great accounts like rock paper scissors shotguns kind of doing a lot of work to put this data together but mobile said let's just throw it all in the game together all at once and here's where we're at (laughs) i obviously love it i this really blew my mind i think the look of it is incredible it just looks like a Mm -hmm. great interface on how they are presenting all the the game data and weapon stats that you may want um when i saw this i kind of took a step back and was like Wow, they're Dang. going hard. They're mm-hmm. going really hard on mobile. And why is that? Like, what is the aim here? And I kind of remembered when they first released the announcement that they're going to be working on mobile. They mm-hmm. pretty much said, when Apex released, we changed how the Battle Royale genre was perceived. Like, yeah. it was yeah. so radically, like, changing of the whole genre. Mm-hmm. They want to do the same thing with Apex but for mobile. mobile. Yeah. So it's like they're shooting for the stars and they have a lot of cool features that I think are getting them pretty close. Yeah, they, they definitely have a lot of those features that are it's making the PC and console players jealous just reading about it. Like that is for sure. I'm so fascinated to see if we get the translation of any of this kind of stuff over to our main game for people that aren't familiar with it can you explain who's developing this game and that we're not taking the developer right now that's designing the weapons that we've been playing for the last two months and having them also doing work on mobile yeah it's something that i think the vast majority of people might not fully grasp and it's that all the exciting things that we're seeing in the beta version of mobile isn't necessarily the same team that's working on our Apex. So there was an agreement between EA, Respawn, and Tencent to develop the mobile version of Apex Legends. Why them? Well, they're quite experienced. They did a lot of the Call of Duty mobile. Mm -hmm. uh, And so I think that's a really good uh, step forward. We were just talking about kind of the size of Call of Duty mobile last week. Um, But Tencent is also a Chinese company. And in order to do business in China, you have to have a Chinese partner. So mm-hmm. reaching that demographic and that market is obviously huge for EA. It's a massive opportunity. But it, it's pretty important to stress the point that Respawn is only overlooking the development mm-hmm. of Apex Legends Mobile and is in more of a like advisory role. 
Yeah. They're not hands-on. It, it's and what's that going to affect? We're interested to see. Are guns going to be balanced differently, or is, is mm-hmm. it going to be the same system? I think like I'm not worried about saying like the story is going to go in a different direction, and we're going to have the mobile universe and the console universe. I think that kind of stuff, that holistic approach, is going to stay the same. It's these little things, these features that we're talking about right now, that are going to be the differences because. A different team is choosing where to prioritize their resources. And if you think about a mobile game, you know, it makes a lot of sense. Mobile is not always known as the most fun, just pure gameplay experience. So having all these different kind of features, detailed weapon stats, different modes, perks, all this kind of stuff to keep people engaged uh, is a step in the right direction towards getting, you know, like you were mentioning, a new demographic playing Apex Legends Mobile and experiencing the game as a whole. Yeah. Needless to say, these features are very cool. Mm -hmm. Mobile is a massive, massive market. Yeah. Like we're talking. We both do work right now with mobile. Like it is crazy. We're seeing how large this thing is in comparison to what, especially like the PC spaces. Yeah, looking at at it like a completely different game developed by a completely different studio is accurate. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I think they're just going to be very separate. And even right now in the beta, we don't even have all the legends included. So Mm -hmm. we go all the way up to Revenant. Um, We will see kind of what the release will be, what Mm -hmm. they choose to prioritize. But it's, it's pretty cool to see a different version of Apex exist in a different market developed by a different company. We'll see what the overlap truly will be. Yeah, I'm excited. It's going to be really interesting. Let's keep it rolling, though. Let's talk about the Old Ways New Dawn event, which is a new type of event called the Apex Chronicles, which is going to start the day of release for this episode. So these are bite-sized story events that inject narrative into the Apex world via gameplay challenges and experiences. For this event, the challenges are unique to Bloodhound and their abilities, so you have to play as Bloodhound in a non-ranked BR game to activate the quest. All challenges will then occur on World's Edge, which is Bloodhound's home. And when you enter the map, you have to look for a white raven to trigger the beginning of your hunt and the quest in general. It's some other notes they had from the patches that players are assigned unique paths to chase. So even if multiple Bloodhounds are going for the challenge at the same time, you'll be able to avoid overlap with the others. Additionally, you'll be able to resume your journey from a checkpoint if you aren't able to complete it in a single game. And then last but not least, you'll be able to earn some Battle Pass stars, complete individual chapters, and along with getting three Bloodhound-themed Apex packs for completing the whole Chronicles. New system that we are not used to at all being injected into the game. My first thought, my goodness, my Bloodhound's just going to abandon me if I drop in in trios right now. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I think that, you know, across... The BR, we're seeing a lot of new takes on telling stories. I know Warzone mm-hmm. has this new event called Numbers, and a lot of players are uh, potentially annoyed by the loud sounds <laughs> in all of their matches. And I think it's yeah. a three-week event for them. Um, and so having things like this kind of take over the public playlist um, is impactful, for better or for worse. Um, but talking about the lore and the story for this event like you said, there's a completely different system than we've ever seen before. But as of today, this is one of the driest lore seasons we've 
ever had in Apex yep. since mm-hmm. season five. And it was really shocking to both of us that we didn't have a quest. We didn't really have a replacement. Well, it looks like this is the replacement. So yeah. I'm excited for the next week or so to really unpack this, see what's in it, and uh, see if maybe this is a good future path for yeah. how do you communicate lore and progress the Apex storyline. We'll definitely be talking about this more on the pod as we complete it. The challenges wrap up and such. We'll give you guys some time to do it yourselves, obviously. But yeah, this is a really interesting blend between the playable quests that we started with and the comics that we've maybe ended with. We don't know if anything will come back, obviously. And this is somewhere kind of in the middle of those two things, I think. And it's really good. I'm really excited. We're going to be talking lore on a Saturday episode for the entire time. It's always something we're interested in. So to get it in any way, shape or form is going to be awesome. And I'm really excited to see where Bloodhound takes us and stay tuned for that white raven because, man, if we could some reason get like a white raven in a skin, that would be sick or something like that. No be doubt. Awesome. That would yeah. be rad. Okay. Next piece of news, a little Titanfall three update respawn community coordinator, Jason Garza in a recent live stream when asked for comments on Titanfall responded by saying, don't get your hopes up, man. I've said this before. We don't have anything in the works. There's nothing. There's nothing there. We've got too many other games in the works right now. But he did further confirm that Respawn is working to protect existing Titanfall games, which is nice to hear. I know you and I are just like, give us Titanfall 3 anytime. Like, we're so ready. But it's just reinforcing, I think, this concept that Respawn's all in on Apex. Like, this is the game, and it's going to be the game until something changes, you know? Yeah, I think that it has been frustrating for many of the diehard Titanfall fans of kind of the the bait and switch, the constant teasing of, oh, there's going to be yeah. a Titanfall 3. Oh, when's it going to be? Soon, soon-ish. People don't really know. I think that it's safe to say, I think, put it to bed for now. You know, yeah, Titanfall 3 will not be released out of nowhere like Apex will. It will have proper hype. Mm-hmm. It's now officially, you know, being published by EA, um, which will be a highly coordinated drop. Um, I can only hope that in a year, a few years, when Titanfall 3 comes out, that it will be amazing. And clearly, like we talked about last week again on the business side, Apex is a considerable portion of EA's revenue. It is the game. Like all resources should be put towards Apex Legends. I have honestly been shocked to see Respawn being rerouted to things like Medal of Honor. So the whole lots of games in the works is exciting because we really like this studio and we think they create a lot of amazing games. But the truth is Apex is a big commitment. Yeah. Give me Jedi Fallen Order 2. That's the only other game I really want you guys to work on. Besides that, let's keep it to Apex. Last piece of news for the day. Preseason ALGS qualifiers update for the second qualifiers we just wrapped up. Congratulations to Team SXG for coming out on top. It was kind of a crazy, crazy set of games, but I just got to say the highlight for me was watching Timmy, Nicewig, and Aprizi compete together for Team Sheesh and Pro Play for the first time in a while for a couple of them because those are some real popular and talented people diving back into the esports scene for them. Yeah, they are very talented. I'm excited Mm -hmm. to see what they can do. 
Yeah, no doubt. With that, though, we're going to talk about some leaks. If you are not a fan of leaks, check the description. You got the timestamp in there so you can skip ahead. We're going to try and get through this somewhat quickly, though. So let's keep it rolling. Coming from at Shrug Tile on Twitter. Shrug for short. We got a work in progress Watson heirloom leaked with full animations called the Nessie gadget. So she strokes it and scratches it in the animation and Shrug theorizes that it is both a taser and Nessie Tamagotchi that'll have Nessie AI animations on the screen reacting to Watson's actions, which I think that'd be cool. I know you were talking electric fencing sword, something with electricity, uh, but doing something with Nessie also really does fit Watson's character and is something I know I would personally uh, be a fan of. Yeah, the the early models from these leaks, it looks a bit clunky. Like yeah. it doesn't look as, you know, exciting as some of the other heirlooms. <laughs> yeah, it's not a knife, which mm-hmm. I'm happy about. But I really like this theory of some sort of Tamagotchi where there's a virtual mm-hmm. pet that's a Nessie that Watson interacts with, with the, inter, with the like, inspects. I, I think yeah. it's a really cool idea. And now that's where my expectations are. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why you don't look talk about leaks sometimes, that's folks. Because right. if we get something else now, HB is going to be sad. Next leak, though, we got another map leak for the... Con- for the potential control mode, AKA domination. This map is in Hammond Labs. And another kind of interesting piece of information that came out of this leak is that similar, it'll be similar squad mode theoretically to Battlefield, and that on a team of 12, you'll have smaller squads that are broken up to potentially ease legend selection and then ping spam. So you won't be hearing 12 people's pings throughout the course of a game. I would assume it'd be three, but maybe it's four people that you are, uh, you know, including yourself pinging with and choosing legends between. But I know this is a mode we've talked about for a little bit now. Are you excited if this is something that gets worked into the game? 12v12 domination? It'd be really, really cool. I I really thought that this was going to happen in season 10. Yeah. I really did. I think we had in-game teasers for this in season nine. So the fact that we're still kind of pushing this idea back even more means I hope that it it comes as a completely new playlist. It's not just a town takeover, LTM, Mm -hmm. collection event mode. Um, I think this is potentially going to come in and be a permanent playlist with multiple maps and Mm -hmm. really be a cool way to play Apex with a respawn system. And it, it sounds really, really cool to me. I think everywhere the arenas is lacking, for the players that just want to jump in and yeah. have a, a fun action game, this is going to do it just because it's on a larger scale. There's more room yep. for error. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you don't get the best matchmaking, you're not going to feel it as much in a 12 v 12. If you don't get a teammate, you're not going to get, have it Probably felt no as much. 12 stacks. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I, I think this could be a really, really awesome way to experience apex for those that are looking for that just fast action mm-hmm. and not the BR. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see the timeline that you were kind of talking about. Um, The gameplay I'm already obsessed with. I think it's going to be really cool. More game modes, the better. I think is totally fair at this point in Apex with the player base. I don't think we're going to be hurting in any which direction. Mm -hmm. Um, We're going to talk about leaks on Saturday, though, that kind of point towards a new map coming in the Season 11. I would be shocked if we got a new playlist like this plus a map 
So maybe season 11 split, maybe season 12 is the timeline we're looking at for this kind of thing. Um, Not entirely sure, but I know that whenever it comes, I'll be excited to give it a try. Yeah. And the rest of this season is packed. You know, yeah. so yeah, we no it's time. It's likely to be pushed out. Yeah, yeah, no time. Yeah, next uh, leaks are coming from at someone who leaks and at Garrett leaks on Twitter. Um, next legend rumors: we may be looking at Ash coming to the game soon as more than just an announcer. Ash now has animations in the file similar in number to Bloodhound and Bangalore. There's an Ash Hollow spray in the file. The only legends have proven to have Hollow sprays in the past. This was actually how Fuse was leaked and kind of confirmed it was an accidental hollow spray in the patch. And there's leaked teasers that show that Ash is actually going to glitch as the announcer and slowly transform into her human form. Ash coming to the games. We've been talking about it for so long. It would be the bridge between Titanfall and Apex and maybe the most official way we've seen. There was another potential legend leaked named Molly, who people are theorizing lines up with a tropical island map that we're potentially going to be getting next season as well. So there's rumors for that. Not much information surrounding them, though. There's much more hard information surrounding Ash. I'm fascinated. What would this mean to you? Ash would be huge because it would be such an incredible connection between the Titanfall universe and the Apex universe. But more than that, Ash is a very powerful competitor. She's and, a fighter, no yeah, doubt. And mm-hmm. if her kit is inspired by the Ronin-class Titan, we're looking at a, a melee legend. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think. a big sword, so, yeah. That's something to really think about in that, is this a dash ability? Is this Mm -hmm. some sort of increased melee ability? What's really going on here? Are we going to see mobility put into a passive again like Valk? Or are we going to see something completely different in terms of the mobility of Ronin put into Ash? It's something Mm -hmm. that is really, really up in the air. Um, But in terms of hype around a legend, I think this is probably the most hyped legend of all time. Yeah, this would be the, if we saw the start of season 11 be a campaign for Ash combined with a new map and there's a leak, you know, not a leak, there is actual story pointing towards Matt Ash showing up on a tropical island, which is another thing to maybe reinforce this concept. Yeah, that'll be the most hyped I think Henry and I will be going into a season to date on Apex. And I think that's a lot to say because we try and keep things as happy and excited as possible every time. We love this game a ton. This would be thrilling. And then the last league we're going to talk about today, there were leaked files for 4v4 and 5v5 arenas. So not TDM, an expanded arenas mode. How do you think 4v4 and 5v5 would flow in comparison to the 3v3? Because I would imagine it's just going to be plugged in onto the same map. Like, I don't think we're going to be getting new maps built for 4v4 and 5v5, which that might be kind of interesting. Yeah, I think the map sizes can handle it Mm -hmm. 100%. I think you could easily scale up to 5v5 and still have a pretty fun mode. Um, I look at something like a, a 5v5 on the upper end being a good opportunity to add in an objective to the arenas mode Mm -hmm. probably is going to be the direction that they go because i think we've talked about on the show and off the show the fact that arenas is built to be a mini apex legends br 
Yep. It's not really supposed to be this like objective. It's not based. a CSGO Valorant. No, it's not trying to copy mm-hmm. them. It's that's why there's like the care package and the yep. ring and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Um, but I think this is cool. How would it come in in terms of a playlist? I really don't know. Yeah, I, I can see this being sprinkled in as like a takeover maybe for a little mm-hmm. bit at first. I, I would agree. be surprised if we got this as a permanent mode to start. Um, but yeah, I think what 4v4 and 5v5 mean to me is a much wider range of a meta in theory. There's more room to pick more legends and the basic requirement that you'll have to pick more legends. We've never played with more than 3v3 before. So we've never tried to see four legends work together and seeing what combos people come up with and how more people play together in kind of these larger teams would be something I'd be fascinated with and really interested to see kind of come to fruition here. 100%. Before we get into the top five changes in Apex history, here's a word from our sponsors. We are super excited to thank this week's sponsor of the show, Manscaped, the number one provider of grooming products for men. I've been using Manscaped for years now, and to have them as a sponsor is absolutely fantastic as they keep it clean and keep it fresh. I was psyched that Manscaped sent us over some of their premium products to try out, including their Lawnmower 4.0. It's the best of the best, and it has a 4000 Kelvin LED spotlight and skin safe technology to help you avoid those nicks when you're shaving those sensitive areas. It's really nice to avoid those nicks in the sensitive areas, so thank you, Manscaped. The 4.0 is wireless and comes with a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. I gotta say, it's so sleek, you might even have to put this bad boy on display in your bathroom. I need to throw in as well, do not sleep on their boxers. They're incredible and oh my goodness, I think I'll be buying more pairs soon. The boxers are wildly comfy. The best part about all of this, though, is that Manscaped is providing our listeners with a discount. Use the code THIRDPARTY at checkout to get 20% off plus free shipping. Keep yourself groomed, third-partiers. That is code THIRDPARTY at checkout. Welcome back. With that, though, lots of news, lots of leaks we just spoke about. Uh, Let's do it, though. Let's dive into kind of like the the crux of the day and talk about the top five changes in Apex Legends history. I think this is something you and I have kind of been circling to chat about for a while. This game's gone, undergone a lot of change, especially for the people that are maybe newer. You know, we've gotten a lot of players join in the last season or two, and you guys will be surprised on the history of what we've been through as uh, season zero players, to say the least. So we're going to go through these one by one and cover them. And I think we're going to have a really cool time. Yeah, it, it's incredible to look back and say, we're 10 seasons in. Apex is definitely not the game that it was in February no. of 2019. <laughs> you know, like that's a long, long time ago. Now we have 18 total legends each one adding a new mechanic a new way to play new strategies new counters to the game um i think we wanted to talk about this because we discuss changes all the time you know we come out with two episodes a week every single Mm -hmm. week about apex legends we're constantly talking about everything that changes and shifts and may change may not Sometimes when we're covering them and we're in the heat of the moment, we, mm-hmm. we speculate about, oh, this is going to change everything or this is kind of cool or maybe this isn't going to make much of a difference. But we don't really revisit those things very much to really yeah. find out, okay, what really did completely rock our world? And yeah. I think this top five is an opportunity to say, 
okay, what changes impacted how we play the game every single day? Not just the new legend that, you mm-hmm. know, allows you to to hack something, but big changes that affect the daily life of players. Yeah, Henry and I, we got a lot more uh, time we chat outside of just the podcast. And so we get to spitball about all these kinds of things and actually look at, wow, that change was massive a while back. And it might have just been in the quality of life for one of them. Like, that's kind of a crazy thing. And so, yeah, getting to revisit this stuff is really interesting. Take it away, though, with number one. Number one, the introduction of new permanent playlists and maps. This is kind of clearly a huge mm-hmm. impact on how we play, but we had the ranked Battle Royale introduced in Season 2. Long, long time ago. It's hard yep. to even think about before we had ranked because both Shay and I play so much ranked, and I think it's a great way to enjoy Apex. But do you remember the time before? when what was the name of the mode where you had to get like top three or top five and streak together or something Mm -hmm. i can't even remember the name of the mode it was elite or maybe it was just elite but it was elite something maybe yeah but i mean people when i see a badge from that mode like there are some people that went on some crazy streaks back then and i think that was when you and i weren't too good at the game still but when i see one of those badges I know we're we're gonna we're about to go through it with someone yeah. in arenas. Like that's crazy, but my goodness, as people that have now adopted ranked as the permanent mode that we play for the most part, it's crazy to think that there used to be nothing. Yeah, definitely. Whenever I think back to those times, like before ranked and the early games, I'm reminded of two things. One, it took us about a year to get comfortable playing apex like i think elite q that was the name of it yes very cool gotta throw it and keep going (laughs) but yeah that first thing being it took us a year to get decent at apex like Mm -hmm. i think we were winning maybe once a week a game Mm -hmm. and now daily wins Mm -hmm. um and the second thing is i am so thankful that we started playing early because <laughs> it breaks my heart thinking about people that don't have access to all the legends. It truly does. And I go back and forth between saying like, oh, you should really get all the legends. But also, the original legends are really, really strong. So mm-hmm. I think you can still enjoy Apex without having them all. But I'm very grateful that just because we've been playing so long that we have them. It's that time spent on each one also that makes the new one so much more Mm -hmm. special each and every season. Like new legend comes, if you still haven't played two of them or don't have three of them unlocked, that doesn't make the new legend as cool in my opinion. And so we're definitely lucky for that. And it's crazy. Like if we go try and play COD, Fortnite or something, it's like we can play it, but we're so far from being where we're at in terms of like how where we're at an apex with that being an og player is very very nice for a lot of reasons yeah then in season three we got a new map world's edge the next one came in season seven with olympus and then in season nine we got the new permanent mode of arenas and season 10 ranked arenas so a lot of change, a lot of progress, and all these like new modes and new maps, I think really impact exactly how we play. 
Well, it's crazy to think that we came from, I don't even know if like this game can sustain an LTM or Mm -hmm. anything to new permanent modes, us hoping for more new permanent modes, map rotations, constant map updates. Like the content in Apex is unparalleled to others. And they were the first game for us that introduced this concept of you can play different types of modes within a BR game and we're going to have as many maps as you could possibly want pretty much. Like that's something special that really set Apex apart for us and is a massive change. Yeah, I remember in season four when the developers were talking about, oh, we're going to have map rotations of different versions of each map. And at that time, Mm -hmm. we had two versions of World's Edge and we had two versions of King's Canyon. Now, that never really happened. Mm -hmm. But this season, one of our predictions before this season launched was that we'd have all three maps in rotation. I love that. Like, Mm -hmm. I love that it came true because we predicted it. I love that we now get to play it. I think I enjoy playing pubs a lot more because of it now. Yeah. And it's putting the pressure on because we're going to have to get some good predictions for for next season. (laughs) Stay tuned for Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, Stay tuned for Saturday. Is that the next next week was just we're going out on a limb. Let's just send it. Everything we got. (laughs) Maybe we should drop some some predictions yeah maybe not the man what was the crazy prediction about uh the rocket on a patreon episode i think that was made a long time ago about it i think launching and destroying world's edge that ended up not happening but yeah you you win some you lose some (laughs) everybody wants to destroy maps but Maps they are really valuable. Us. Like, yeah, they'll <laughs> destroy it for us. But at least we still have it somewhat intact. Well, let's move on to number two. Number two, Evo Armor, season Woo. six. And first off, I don't know if everybody knows this, but Evo Armor is evolution armor. You evolve <laughs> it up, which I think is something that. I think that gives people's minds the fact yeah. that the armor is evolving over time. Short Evo armor. Mm-hmm. This changed everything. We first had Evo armor appear in the Deja Lu LTM in season four, which was a mode Dude. that I was incredibly nervous about. Like mm-hmm. I, I remember vividly thinking this is going to break the game. Oh, we we were talking about how. Man, this is going to be it, isn't it? Like, this is what people, the pros want out of a BR. Mm-hmm. They want to never loot. And so this is what we're going to get. And Evil Armor was a part of that, but it wasn't even our main focus at the time yeah. during this LTM. We were so focused on the looting and then to see the Evo is kind of what came out of that is really interesting. And this was before yeah. we even knew that they were theoretically, well, it was before we knew that they actually do use the LTMs to test, like we have we can assume it but it was before they went out on a limb and actually said hey this is a test for the permanent game mode when we do stuff in LTMs yeah and as a reminder the whole deja loop was where everything spawns in the same location every game yeah. and there was some rotations to that like they would kind of scramble everything up but then for multiple days there would be a R301 right next to a, a purple light mag in one building and everybody knew it So that was kind of cool. But the evil armor was the big takeaway and it became permanent in season six. 
Then we also had the big change, which included Evo Armor, and that's the drop kits in Season 9, where you drop in with a Level 1 Evo Armor, helmet, two syringes, and two cells. These two things combined, Mm -hmm. crazy change to the game. Like, Mm -hmm. it's still, to me, I drop next to White Armor, I still try to pick it up. Like, it is so much a drastic shift to how we play every single day that the drop kits are huge and I don't want to, you know, say they're not as big, but evil armor, that's crazy. We did not think that that was going to be added in, honestly. Well, remember as well what Evo Armor added. Evo didn't just add this evolution level of damage dealing, getting you armor instead of having to loot it, which provided the skill gap, which was really kind of cool. But Evo Armor introduced red armor, like a new top tier of armor, which we were freaking out about because we didn't know how that was going to change not only our games, but pro play and being like, well, we used to feel like you could go to an end game with blue. I think you and I do not feel that way at all anymore because if you go blue versus red, that's over. You can overcome a blue versus purple, but that 50 damage gap, that's huge. And Evo was also the introduction of that, which is just so crazy to think about coming from where we used to be back in the day. Yeah. I think we we were so skeptical of this change thinking that wow, you are going to just massively divide the player base. The skill gap is going to increase drastically. You're going to allow for better players to get a massive tactical advantage in the game. That That's not what Apex is all about. We were so against it. But since it came in alongside number three, I think there's a lot of kind of evening of the playing fields. And it's a really cool feature. Yeah, tell them what number three is. Like, I think they they connect great to one another. Number three is the Replicator, also released in season six. You know, it combined with the evil armor being able to loot in order to craft better armor is something that is an incredible mechanic that just allows so many different ways to play. And in a BR where you're not always going to have the best items or maybe you don't find enemies when and where you want them to be. Having the replicator as a backup in order to keep you in the fight and not make you feel like, man, I had a bad drop, didn't get good loot, I can't win this game. The replicator makes it so that you have a fighting chance, which I really like. It was crazy. And to think, especially like even the replicator itself has changed. We thought it was in part introduced because it was going to help balance the gun pool and we were going to put a gun in there permanently and that was going to help things out. That's then been walked back. And now instead we don't have it as like a loot balancing system, but almost like a slow it down the pace of play, slow down the third parties at times, but also just create another route to win. And that's really interesting, you know, coming off the tails of Evo Armor, which gave you another different route to win. (laughs) It's really, really cool. And really, I wasn't sold on replicators when they were initially released. My first Mm -hmm. reaction was, um, that's really boring. I don't want to have to 
keep track of this entire like economy in the mm-hmm. game. I just want to find people and loot boxes, not buildings. I definitely mm-hmm. don't want to have to wait 10 seconds to craft anything. But then it kind of warmed up on me when I realized, okay, <laughs> there's a purple light mag in there today. I have to use this and yeah. it's to my huge benefit to do so. But really, season seven, when they introduced batteries to the permanent rotation and the replicator. (laughs) Wow. I was in love. 20 materials for a battery. It's It's highway robbery. It's a steal. There's nothing more valuable in the game and they're just giving them away. It's incredible. Yeah, that was that was one that we were freaking out about. It spawned the bat life gif and meme, oh, yeah. and it, it's a part of the third party culture at this point. And yeah, I can't imagine playing a game anymore without replicators and being able to craft bats in a situation where I need it. It really altered gameplay in such a drastic way for us and for a lot of listeners that we've really recommended play that way since then. Yeah, I think that. The big things to look out for outside of batteries are the extended mags, which mm-hmm. range from 25 to 45 materials, and then the turbocharger being 45 materials when it comes around. That's one that should really change how you play, how you loo, and is a big one. I think on the days that the turbocharger is mm-hmm. in town, I am playing the replicator much more aggressively. Yeah, when you see the turbocharger, you grab your devotion. like. It's as simple as that. I mean, grab the Havoc if you want to, if you can control it. Oof, good on you. But that devotion with any sort of mag can uh, really do some damage. And there's days where it just all comes into place. And you get that devotion and you're right and you're in that drop spot with the replicator. And you're just going to feel like you're running through lobbies because of it. It's that one gun that we will say, go out of your way to switch to or swap to if you see it in somebody's box or go out of your way to play for it if it's in the replicator. Yeah. There, one other kind of tip on the replicator is remember that mobile respawn beacons can also mm-hmm. be in the rotation. That's something that can definitely change up a game in the late game. But also I see a lot of players prioritize the purple backpack yeah. when it's in the replicator. I don't do that. It's too expensive either. for me. Mm-hmm. 75 materials Yes, the purple bag is very, very valuable, but I would much rather have the mag and as many bats as possible. And then if I have the 45 left over, I'm not saving it. I'm putting it into the shield. So Mm -hmm. it's something that we don't really recommend, but it is very, very popular. And a purple bag does make a big difference. But at the end of the day, I want my armor and my weapon to be better than whatever backpack I'm carrying. Yeah, I don't grab it often. I think the situations in which I will prioritize it is if I, one, for some reason, can't find a common bag, which that shouldn't happen, but that's a pretty good reason to go out of your way to craft a perp. Or even if I'm working with a common and I'm working with two full auto guns and feel like I kind of need more ammo, want some room for nades, then I, it starts to become a priority in that way. But if I'm running a wingman, if I'm running a shotgun, if I'm running anything that conserves ammo at all, uh, throw it to the back of my mind in terms of priority and not over a blue bag. Blue bag, I'll rock with that the entire game if need be. 100%. Number four, we have ring changes. These are the ones that I think are going to slip by most players as kind of like the very end of the patch notes, not a huge deal. But the truth is the ring in Apex has changed drastically. The Mm -hmm. whole philosophy around the ring in general has changed. 
There was a big one though in patch 7.1 or the split of season seven where ring five was greatly increased in size Mm -hmm. by 50%. And ring six was then the final ring and it was a slow shrink. It's a two minute shrink from six down to nothing. And what that did was not only change how we played the game, but that's probably been the biggest change to the pro scene since the game has come out. Like it absolutely alters the way end games should be played. I still have it in my mind because I'm programmed from the five seasons I played before, six seasons I played before. So of, okay, final ring, it starts to shrink time to go. Like you have Mm -hmm. to run to the center of the ring. That's what it was for so long. Throw your caustic, throw your Gibraltar bombardment. Like it's ult spam time. It's just going to be chaos. Hopefully we have a gold knockdown and we're the last team surviving. (laughs) And now it's turned into this like very strategic and methodical fight towards the end of the game, which is so fun to watch for me in pro play, but it's also so, it's just so much more fun to play and be a part of in my opinion. Have to agree. I think that these changes made a significant impact on the way all those legends are balanced from Watson most Mm -hmm. notably, but also Gibraltar and Caustic and all the area of effect ultimate legends. Um, And of course there were changes to the damage of the ring over Mm -hmm. time. A lot of tweaking to it, but this was the one that I think we can really look at and say, wow, there is no more ring seven and ring eight. It Mm -hmm. ends at ring six. It's big and it really makes the gameplay much more enjoyable in the end game. But more so about the philosophy of the ring, we've had some major changes. Number one, heat shields in season eight completely turned on its head what we thought the ring was supposed to do. You're supposed to avoid the ring. You're not supposed to fight in the ring. Previously, you know, we've had changes to Wraith's ultimate so that it disappears mm-hmm. if one end is in the ring or both Lifeline ends are in the as ring. Lifeline as well. Mm-hmm. Lifeline's stock drone doesn't work in the ring. So this was very counterintuitive to what we had been told and what we had played all the way up to season eight. And then it changed even more with Valkyrie. And it's just kind of incredible to think about wow, in ring rotations are a much larger part of Apex today than they were six months ago, even. It's a huge part of it. But what also this signaled for me was this concept of the designers are willing to adapt to what they believe will be the healthiest game. Like, and they'll go back against their words. Things are said back in season two and season three mm-hmm. about how the way the game was going to work. And that might not be the case when we start updating things now. Like things change as the players change and the developers change. And that's great. It, like a healthier game for everyone is a good thing. And it's really exciting to see what they're going to continue to come up with and shift the game. Because I know for us, at least it keeps us on our toes a little bit. Like we get to be a bit more creative with maybe some of those theories we'll be spitballing for next season and such. Like, oh, there's no way they could ever do this. Well, psych, they'll do it. Like if they think it's better for the game. Totally. Last one, number five. We felt like we had to include a legend Mm -hmm. ability in this, but there's been a lot of new legends that have come in that have really rocked the meta or just completely changed how you play. But there was one change that I think has been more felt by the larger community than any other 
And so number five is the horizontal octane launch pad update in season eight. Okay. And here's, here's the first thing I'll say for our longtime listeners, my head immediately went to like, when we were talking about legend changes, I was like, oh, the Wraith tactical change. Like that's gotta be like the biggest change of the game. But statistically, the Wraith tactical change didn't actually impact her pick rate or anything along those lines. So it's as much as it was a change to the way you play her, it wasn't actually like this huge change. This launch pad change signaled not just a new most popular legend in the game, a new number one pick rate legend, but it signaled a new meta and a new way to play the game. And this concept that we need to look at the game for not only like on a casual level, how you combine legends but really like how do you nerf legends that can be combined in such a dangerous way like the octane pad had been combined with crypto in the past but it never like had become what it was now with like revenant until this octane pad change came about and just changed the way you could third party and changed the way you could rotate in just such a drastic manner yeah pretty incredible shift and it's not just the double jump change like this horizontal Mm -hmm. you can cover incredible ground so quickly it's remarkable and it just made the octane launch pad so relevant so necessary for any team and it hasn't been replaced as really being the most impactful legend change ever and i mean that wraith tactical change is really in my mind nothing compared to Mm -hmm. this well i think that's like like the that was the uproar one on social media like this was a change that happened nobody talked about until like two seasons later and that's the interesting comparison to me yeah yeah people were just too busy playing and exactly and horizon came in and that was a major shift as well from a legend perspective Mm -hmm. being like wow this new legend is very powerful on release that's fun that's exciting this launch pad though is incredible. I mm-hmm. think it's one of the most powerful ultimates in the game, if not the most powerful. And it's going to be interesting to see, do they want to keep it that way? And yeah. is an Octane meta, even in the higher levels of Predator, Ranked, is that what we want? And last time we spoke with the developers, they were excited about it. They thought, yeah, yeah that's fun. Octane is a fun legend. He's where we want him to be. It's pretty cool though for us to see where Octane has come from as mm-hmm. kind of not the best mobility legend. He hurts yeah. himself. A lot of people don't think that's very fun. You're fast. The Bloodhound is much faster in ult. You know, I'd rather be Pathfinder if I want, you know, that, that mm-hmm. big speed. The launch pad is really what what changed the game for Octavia. Octane. Octane's the story of from worst to first in Apex Legends. No in doubt many about ways, it. ways, yeah. Yeah, but that's going to wrap up our uh, top five changes in Apex Legends history. Oh, beyond interesting to reminisce, do you have any final thoughts before we dive into the five-star questions? I think that I love the state of the game right now. Looking back Mm -hmm. is always fun. And I think one thing to keep in mind is how pivotal season six was. That mm, so many mm-hmm. people thought in the t- in the moment before and afterwards that uh, season six was kind of a, a less exciting season. Yeah, there was a lot of massively impactful changes that took place in that time. Yeah, keep in mind, looking back on these changes, the game's not going to be the same. 
when season 18 rolls around or something and we talk about these changes again. Like there's going to be more that comes to the game and rocks the boat in a really interesting way. With that, though, let's dive into five-star questions from Apple Podcasts. The first one coming from Blaze. Blaze says, I've been listening for the past two months and have not found a better Apex pod. I have two questions. One, what do you think of a 6v6 mode with capture the flag or hold the point, but you have to buy your guns like arenas? Two, see your heirloom concept. It's a lantern with his micro drones in it, so it goes blue. He can take the drones out and do his dance. Interesting. I think Blaze, great question. We kind of covered the 6v6 stuff earlier. Henry and I are both big fans of adding anything like objective based, kind of like you're talking about capture the flag, hold the point, you know, that kind of fun stuff. Uh, you have anything else you want to share with that or do you want to talk about the heirloom? Objectives are fun and they're inherently mm-hmm. competitive. And I think I want to see more competitive Apex. So yeah, I, I love the idea and I, I hope we see something like it. No doubt. In terms of the heirloom concept though, Great one. Like lantern swinging around. I think that'd be awesome. The colors of Seer are great. And yeah, I think this is a really cool one. We're a long ways away from knowing what the Seer heirloom is going to be though. So keep theorizing until then. (laughs) Last question today coming from CCGGTT. Hi, I really love this show. My question is, do you like the meta at the moment or would you like to see some major changes? Man, interesting question. You kind of just answered it. Like, we're kind of, I think, cool with this Octane meta as it is. I, major changes is such a strong word, though, because it just means like something that we are so far from is going to reach the top. And I'm not really sure what that would be. And we've talked about how like a Mirage meta would be oppressive. So, like, I don't want to see a change to that um i think the game's in a really healthy state though in terms of guns and legends as they are right now there's always little things that can be tweaked and stuff to help out but overall i'm not i'm not eager for them to absolutely shift everything in a major way right now yeah i I like the meta as well i think the rampage is an incredibly powerful weapon if Mm -hmm. you haven't or you need to listen to it again our three numbers that matter episode where we kind of go through the power scores for each weapon and really highlights the strengths of the rampage um along others um if i were to have one change i I would bring the select fire back for the prowler. Mm-hmm. I don't see myself using the prowler at all right now. It breaks my heart. I loved that weapon and it just isn't there for me uh, compared to a bull <laughs> or an R3. I just can't use it. It's, it's hard to do. It doesn't have your back anymore. It's not Thank the you. same. Yeah, man. Thank you so much for listening to the episode, everyone. Thank you to our producer of the Third Party 10 who supports us as a dropship captain on Patreon. Subscribe on Apple Pods, drop a follow on Spotify, leave a five-star review with your question. We'll answer it on our next episode. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Third Party Pod and check out the Discord via the link in the description. Thank you so much for listening to the Third Party Podcast. We'll catch you next time. Peace. Hey now, another squad coming in. Whole squad down. Hey, brother, not today. Maybe tomorrow. <laughs>